All right, so we're here in the uh, spoiler section uh, for the Freaking Geeks podcast. Uh, of course, we're talking about the Dark Tower, and we're going to get into the nitty gritty about this movie. So this movie was directed uh, by somebody who, I guess, they felt they had they ha- he had the pedigree uh, because he had he was uh, Oscar nominated for having done a movie a few I years say ago. Engagement. Um, I believe it was called the, is it the Royal he... Fair, I believe, or the Royal Engagement. It was one of those two. Um, yeah, it might have been the Royal Engagement. The Royal Affair. Royal Affair. The Royal Affair. The Royal Affair. Okay. So, yeah, he it was Oscar nominated uh, a few years ago. Um, a good movie. But, you know, Raker, you and I were talking about this before we started the podcast. You know, it's a Skill. risk when oh. you, you hire a director <laughs> who doesn't have any... Uh, history of doing movies right. like this. Yeah. Now, we talked about the Russo brothers, right? They were kind of pulled out of nowhere uh, they, to direct right. Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, they did a, an amazing job. They've gone on to direct Civil War. They're doing uh, this last Avengers movie. True. So you can hire somebody out of nowhere with seemingly little to no experience and they can knock it out of the park. But it's a big risk. Right. If it doesn't work out, you get the Dark Tower. If it works out, you get Captain America, yeah, Winter Soldier. And those are, to me, like the exact the opposite ends of the spectrum. This movie. Right? Because on one yeah, end, you have the Winter Soldier, movie, amazing you know? movie. You have the other side, you have the yes, Dark yes, Tower. They should have. They should have done this all the time. Yeah, right. good call. They should have. Oh, my God. There's a lot of other people who should have done this movie. Just think if Guillermo del Toro had done The Dark Tower. Now. Why would you say that? That's amazing. Sarah, yeah. Why? What? Why are you? Because she doesn't like I like Guillermo del Toro. I think he would be brilliant for this movie. I don't like Pan's Labyrinth, but I like all his recent stuff. Pan's Labyrinth was just a mess. Yeah, I can't wait to see that uh, water yes, movie. he's way more refined now. And not cool. off the leash of craziness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Looks amazing. Yeah. It, this this movie... In... Akiva uh, Goldsman? The director... Oh, name? that's the writer. Uh, yeah, uh, he's. Oh, okay. That was the writer. <laughs> yeah, that's the writer. Uh, Nicolaj Nicolaj Arcel was is the direct is the director, and uh, you know we have somebody who just was in I think way over their head, and really, this all stems from the script, right? The script itself was complete garbage because it is broadly as i can say this and sarah you, you probably i assume would agree with this it's basically the beginning of the dark tower series ish and the end of the dark towers series ish with like massive swaths cut in out of the middle you know it was like they pulled yeah. bits from here and bits from there but mostly it's just like beginning of the dark tower series end of the dark tower series that's it. I mean, as broadly as I can say that, because it doesn't fit perfectly, but that's about as close <laughs> as I can get to describing what they did here, which was just a complete hack job. And I don't understand why. And why did they not just adapt the, gunslinger? the gunslinger? Why yeah, like, they could have taken it's two hundred pages, right? Could have done that easy. They could have. They could have adapted the sixty million dollars. 
the gunslinger would have been the perfect, uh, first of all, the perfect uh, um, budget for a good gunslinger adaptation. They could have eased your way into the mythos of the Dark Tower series because the the first Dark Tower, like the gunslinger, the first book is about as easy. I, no, that's not the right word. About as non uh, fantasy science fiction like as I can I can explain the rest of the books are because they really get into some crazy territory, uh, and I feel like the first book is more western like, and you know the, the 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 town is where most of the action takes place, and you know you get to meet. Jake and you meet the man in black and you know so you get all those characters but in a story that you could tell in probably what you think you'd do two hours Sarah two hours maybe two hours ten minutes for the dark tower for the gunslinger and it would have been perfect yeah yeah it really would have and I mean it has the man in black in it you wouldn't need to cut him McConaughey could be in it and because he doesn't like actually die till the, I think it is the very last book or it's the seventh book or, or the sixth book, uh, when Mordred kills him. God, man, my brain's like digging deep <laughs> <laughs> back into my 15 year old self. Like, how did he die? But yeah, it was, it was way later in the books and certainly not how it went down here <laughs> way creepier right yeah definitely um so let, let's um let's let's dive into like the the nitty-gritty here uh, i was going to ask you guys about like your more spoilerific review uh, i'm going to do that in a second but let, let's talk about what really goes on in this movie plot wise right so let's give a quick rundown you know uh of of how this movie plays out because it's so short so so jake is being uh haunted by these dreams these visions uh he dreams about the man in black he dreams about the gunslinger he dreams about uh, the dark tower and it's been going on for a while his father has died and uh died i guess a, a few years earlier um his mom is taken up with some douchebag by the way asshole god that guy was i was so happy when, when he died the man in yeah. black yeah. was like stop breathing right like, like oh. the guy behind me was like yes <laughs> yeah. and i was actually like i can't i can't fault him for that one um like, so okay with that so uh so jake is dreaming about all this and nobody would believe him they think he's crazy obviously he has some anger issues as well uh, probably stemming from his father's death but uh anyway he 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 dreams about these psychic children that keep getting put into this machine and they use the power to shoot this beam that goes up in the air and crashes into the dark the dark tower itself and eventually we see like these these the people that come to get him right they don't they don't have their real faces on they have the faces of people on them right they took those faces off they're not pretty to look at um they and they're toilets. basically just rats and literally in the book they pray to toilets <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's the people you're dealing with <laughs> so so he escapes uh because he's been trying to find this this house that he dreamt of and and sketched out and someone tells him where it's supposed to be he goes to the house um 
it leads him into uh, Midworld, and like <laughs> five minutes later, he meets the gunslinger. <laughs> yes. Um, because we don't have time for anything. Um, so he meets the gunslinger, and then you know he, he convinces him that what he's saying is true, and he's not crazy, and he's not sent he, the man of black didn't send him. And then they go. Uh, they they lead or he leads him into the woods, and the, he he wakes up and hears his father, and he talks to him, and then he tries to get him to touch him. He does, and of course, this is a demonic entity trying to enter our or enter Midworld, and the you know, Roland attacks it, and there's this like little battle. Uh, they they destroy it. Uh, meanwhile, the man in black, of course. We get some backstory on on Roland. We find out that his father was killed by the Man in Black, uh, but the same power doesn't work on him, and uh, so like this is his nemesis. And then, um, you know, the Man in Black's he's trying to do his thing, his his uh, experiments, trying to find more more psychic children. Um, and then he kind of begins to catch on to all this, and eventually, they all land in New York City. Right, so then we have this like kind of humorous fish out of wa- uh, fish out of water tale because of course, uh, Roland is in New York City. This isn't Midworld. This is totally different for him. So it's kind of funny. I did like the the whole like you have every strain of every STD uh, ever created <laughs> or ever <laughs> ever existed. I kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, like every kind of hep ever. Right, and and then of course you know, Man of Black comes into town and. They manage to get Jake, uh, and then Roland has to go and kind of save him. And then there's this final showdown, right, between... Oh, and, and of course, Jake's mother gets killed. That was, like, the one point in the movie I thought, yeah, that's, that was sad. Um, and then there's this final showdown between the man in black and Roland, and, you know, he ends up winning, of course. And uh, Jake gets out of there, and he says, hey, come with me. We're going to... You know, mid-world, you're going to be a gunslinger. Not much. Yo, let's go. And end of story. That's it. <laughs> I mean, there's a little more in there. But but by and large, that's the general rundown of the entire movie. And that was an hour and a half, hour and 35 minutes. So now that I've yeah. all tortured you with like a PTSD flash style flashback uh, <laughs> that you have to deal with, um, what are your thoughts about uh, this movie? More spoilerific. You know, Raker. Take you know, it away. I had what, a are lot your, of good what are your nitty gritty thoughts about what was wrong uh, I went with this saw movie? It with a buddy what did who you I always see a lot of like or dislike? With, and he and I agreed on a lot of things, and one of the things we agreed on was, you know, we were able to recite mm-hmm. a couple cool lines um, after the movie. So, yeah, the, yeah, you know what? It's interesting. That is really, really cool. That Gunslinger's Creed. But the thing is, is like, it was almost Gunslinger's Creed. Empty. It's like, well, what? It, what is it about that creed? Like, I think a scene in that movie where there, when he was amongst other gunslingers, and they all said this creed, you know, in that final battle that they had, you know, which of course they didn't show, but they talked about. I think that would have been awesome. That would have been a cool ten-minute flashback scene that really could have helped establish a what the creed was, how important it is, and a little more to Idris Elba's character. Um, but just little things like that, you know what I mean? Like he just didn't, you know, even though Idris Elba was, is a very good actor and I think he was well cast. Um, he just, you know, we talked about this before. He just, he wasn't given much to work with, uh, for this movie. Neither was McConaughey, unfortunately. They're both outstanding actors. Um, but 
You know, he wasn't given much to work with. I just, yeah. you know, the people, the, the the furry people that wear the human skins, that's a pretty cool concept. And it, it, it reminds me of uh, Stephen King's, uh, what was it, the cat movie there way, way, <laughs> yeah. way, way, way back. There's a movie where cats, sleepwalkers. Uh-huh, you're, you're welcome. Um, and that's what that oh, reminded me uh, of. And I thought, okay, that's the, pretty the, cool. But they yeah. never once... Yep explain anything about these people that you know or these creatures or whatever they are you know what i mean like and why they wear human skin i mean i guess i know why they wear human skin so they can come in and abduct you know kids or whoever they need to abduct but it just there's just so much that you're just like man like why what there's too many questions and it 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 just got to the point where you just didn't even care you know what I mean? It's like Michael was saying earlier. It's like this happens so that this can happen, so this can happen, so it can come to a final scene, a final battle, and voila, that's exactly what happened. And I'll tell you what, one one last thing here before, you know, you guys <laughs> take off with it. You know, I thought that was just so, so bad when he got hurt, when I just, the gunslinger got hurt by that demonic creature. He came to Earth went to the hospital, took painkillers, and he was magically healed the rest of the movie? Are you kidding? That is so poorly even. That's so bad. That is so bad. That technically is what I will say one thing. Like, I know you guys, you know, were, you know, probably appalled (laughs) by this movie, you know, in general, um, because of how good the book was compared to what, you know, you saw on screen. That is how I often feel about comic book movies. You know, being a comic book geek and reading comics my whole life and then going to see a lot of these movies on screen. That's like, uh, now you guys kind of know how I feel, I think. You know, and I think a lot of the book people um, now, you know, that's how some of us nerd comic nerds feel when we see things like X-Men The Last Stand and X-Men Origins and uh, even Batman versus Superman. You know, we see these things and we're completely appalled and. Now you guys get it. (laughs) (laughs) And it it makes sense what you're saying about, like, the red people, Uh, how they kind of look like something else from a different Stephen King book. And I kind of guarantee you that that's probably exactly what they are. Because what uh, the Dark Tower books are is they're literally the Dark Tower in the center of all his books. Every single one of his books is connected in one way or another over <laughs> they crammed it into a 30-year period of his writing. Some way or another, <laughs> they are connected to the Dark Tower. And I, I know, it kills me. And like, you can catch some things in there as well. Oh, yeah. um, when they're in the uh, theme park, you see the title of the theme park is Pennywise. Uh, oh, yep, yeah, I remember that and one. And yeah. the place where the man in black is, the number to get there, it's 1408. Yep. <laughs> uh, lots of little Easter eggs, and I think that's a good Stephen thing King to have Universe, in there because huh? that is kind of what the book is. That's it's cool. the center, the hub that's cool. of all his writing that's connected. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, right. Yes, and <laughs> so that would be something I wish they would have... Explained a little more to people, because <laughs> that's a good thing to know when you're going into it. And, like, one thing I thought was really good writing, I, I know sacrilegious to say about this movie, 
But one thing I thought was smart, if you've read the book, um, when the man in black comes to uh, Jake's mother's house, it's very similar to Roland when he was 14 coming of age. Uh, One of his first encounters with the man in black is that the man in black comes under the name Martin uh, and he orchestrates this like devious plan um, in service of the Crimson King. Uh, he becomes the court magician of Galid, where Roland is from, and uh, he's his chief advisor to Roland's father, Stephen, but he seduces Roland's mother, uh, and this is exposed to Roland on purpose, and that in- like enrages him to take the gunslinger's creed and become mm. a gunslinger at the age of 14, and I'm guessing it's probably exactly the age Jake is in the movie. <laughs> so I kind of like that bit of a twist. That that's kind of what happened with Jake, because it's kind of what happened with this butler, except he just ended up burning her like his father, which is really like the one part of this movie that was hard to watch. Like that kid just did such good acting when he was like broke down and like God, he said Roll Flag is such a dick that he would do that and make her burn like his father did. He's such a dick. Uh, so I thought that was one part that I thought was good writing. Yeah. Also, like, the, um, when he writes on the wall, hello there, with the smiley face. Uh, in the book, um, the man in black has pins on his robe, and one of the pins is a smiley face with a bullet hole in the forehead. (laughs) Which is exactly what happens to him, so I thought that was also good writing. Kind of put it in there, so... If you've read the book, some things make it worth watching, but as a whole, it's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hard to watch at times. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, you know, I, I want to run down through you know, some of the, the complaints I have here and just my general thoughts, too, and then we're going to get into uh, some other things here. Uh, you know, the plot was just, it was too confusing. It was often um, vague. Um, like I said earlier, I think in the in the non-spoiler section, I believe I I said how you know these just a scene, a scene, a scene to get where you need to go, which is the end. And the problem I have is I know that there's so much more to this movie. Now, whether that's meant that it was a good movie or a bad movie, I don't know. But there's there's a, an hour of this movie. There's another cut of this movie because. Months and months ago, there were, you know, most studios, in fact, I think all studios do um, blind test screenings. And the audiences come in, they don't know what they're going to watch, and then boom, they're sitting down, suddenly you're watching The Dark Tower, right? And the screenings apparently were absolutely hoarded. Even with an hour of additional material, people were confused. And it was so like they were and, and they had been given, I guess, when they first got the cut, the producers were like really scared about the cut that they got. They, they, they were not happy about it, but they showed the people, you know, they did the blind screenings. It was very poorly received. And so they were in such a state of anxiety over this that they paid six million dollars more in order to go back and do reshoots. And they, they chopped off an hour of the original cut. And added in some new scenes, and that's what we got. So, so they pulled the Suicide Squad. They pulled a Suicide Squad, right? And we all know how that worked out. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, there's a there's a two and a half hour cut of this movie out there somewhere. And again, whether this actually makes it a better movie or a worse movie, I don't know. On one hand, you could say, well, boy, the movie moves fast. At least if it's terrible, you don't have to suffer that long. But would an hour and a half, or two and a half hour Dark Tower movie, which is more in line with what I expected to get um, time wise, would that is that a better movie? I don't know. But I will say this, at the very least, I would think that there's a lot more scenes in that two and a half hour cut that would provide more history, more context to what's going on and explain a lot more so that as a viewer who doesn't know what's going on, who hasn't read the source material, they could at least go, oh, at least I understand now. I get why this is happening. This makes a little more sense. I almost wish I would have just seen the two and a half hour movie. Maybe it would still be a, a terrible movie. Maybe I would still come out and say that was garbage. But I think I'd rather see that version than the version we got. So Yeah. A little more context and just more. I mean, it was so bare. Like, there's a lot in this movie but it's still so very bare like when they go into like that small town like they don't really explain what that town is what a seer is and like a little more context into their world why they have access to a portal and nothing (laughs) uh that bugged me just like okay i guess we're here without any explanation we just time jumped over here now the his the history of the Dark Tower, like this whole thing. I mean, it goes back years because this was originally supposed to be uh, a show on HBO. Uh, yes. Again, with movies, this was supposed to be directed by Ron Howard, um, mm-hmm. and I believe initially it was first uh, supposed to be directed by J.J. Abrams years ago, and then it went to I believe Ron Howard, and they had the cast set. It was supposed to be Benicio del Toro as uh, Roland, yes. and I can't remember who they had set as the man in black it wasn't matthew mcconaughey it was somebody else but it was supposed to be a a series that fed into the movie or or the movie fed into the series like they're planning on doing now but they i believe they were supposed to start out with the gunslinger first whether it was a movie or or the first season and then feed into a movie which would then feed back into a series which i think is a pretty cool concept um but that was originally what was supposed to happen. But I guess the budget concerns were just so risky or too high for what they thought they'd be willing to pay that eventually it crumbled. And it this was this here is what rose up from the ashes of what I feel probably would have been a pretty amazing adaptation was this piece of garbage. So <laughs> I told Raker before we started filming I, I was sitting in the theater and I wanted to shoot myself in the head. So there's I mean, that. Like, it would not have been impossible to do a movie for each book. I mean, book four, it's entirely done in the past, so you wouldn't even need the cast you have currently, like with older Roland and older Men in Black, what have you. It would be done with entirely younger cast, and while you're shooting that film, you just shoot the next film on top of it and keep it going, but it could have been done. I wish it had been done movie for each book, condensed a bit, fine by me. 
Well, let me ask you this. Uh, let's run down quickly through this. Rake, what did you think overall of the, the direction, the directing in this movie? I mean, set aside the performances, set aside all the, all the general complaints. I mean, as as this no, how this film was I, I, shot, I think it was good looking. did you think it was a good-looking good film? Looking. Do you think it was well done uh, or was it mediocre, bad? Like, what's your general consensus cool. on it? I love the uh, gun trickery okay. with the gunslinger could do you know but i saw him in the trailer you know what i mean i was hoping to see a little bit more in the movie but all the real cool gun tricks Mm -hmm. were done in the trailer too but to see Mm -hmm. him in the to see him in the movie was still enlightening no doubt but i was hoping for i don't know some like super super cool thing like beyond what i saw in the trailers but i didn't but no overall i think i think it was shot well i mean i think the scenes were set up well i think the Lighting wasn't terrible. I read somewhere that somebody thought it was too dark, like it was too muddled. You know what I mean? Like um, too many shots were in the dark, especially towards the end there when he's stuck in the machine. You know what I mean? When it came down to that final battle, um, someone I, I read, some critic was really complaining about it being too dark and not really understanding what's going on. But mm-hmm. I, I disagree yeah. with that. I thought it was fine. Um, I thought a lot of the city shots were pretty nice too. Uh, but that you know that the aesthetic of that was about all that saved it right and like the book is dark <laughs> it's, it's a very dark this was a pg movie and like i i had a lot of people talk to me like like man i wish he hadn't have killed the mother and like if he had left right. her alive it wouldn't be anywhere close to the man in black that he's supposed to be. He's the worst than the devil. Like, if he had left her alive, it would not have been legit at all. Like, he wouldn't have even been close. Like, she had to die. Like, he's a horrible, evil person who just wants to make other people yeah. suffer. That is his goal in life. Right. Yeah, I mean, the special effects I thought were, were all right. Uh, sometimes I thought they were they were pretty good. Other times I thought they which were, still, which is still relatively. They low. were serviceable. Yeah, um, I mean, in terms you know, of had a sixty effects, plus million dollar you know budget. I mean? like, that's still relatively. Uh, they low. barely did any advertising. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I. I... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, sixty. They should be happy. I mean, yeah. I'm sure McConaughey I mean, I think, and Andrew yeah, Selwyn I mean, like King Kong commanded had, quite like, a bit what, of cash for their roles in this movie too, though. You know what I mean? I'm sure the the overall budget was probably decent oh yeah yeah i would (laughs) right yeah it it's it could have been better um i I don't i don't understand you know given what uh the, the source material they could have done so much more but one of the things i was really disappointed in is the lack of embracing the strangeness of what the series has in it. Yes. Yeah, right. So so uh, if you read The Dark Tower, there's a lot of darkness, but there's also just a lot of strangeness. And so I think one of my biggest problems with this is that regardless, I mean, set aside all the complaints we have, but all of it, it, it feels like a workmanlike adaptation of material that that itself is so creative creative and strange and weird and beautiful in its own unique oddness that to to not make the movie to not embrace that and kind of just incorporate that tone and infuse that into the actual movie i think is is 
part of the problem. Now, I guess the director was a big fan of Stephen King's work and kind of learned to speak English through reading, struggling through Stephen King books <laughs> growing up. But, uh, you know, that, that doesn't, that doesn't mean a whole lot to me at this moment because I just don't feel like for somebody that, that read all these books and whatever, that, that's, that I guess what is fine, but it doesn't make me feel like he's the person to add a, adapt this, this into what it should be. Um, you know, and speaking of ad- adapting the source material, uh, let's talk about Akiva Goldsman, uh, or as I put in our, our notes, the worst best writer in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> this guy, this guy won an Oscar for A Beautiful Mind for best uh, uh, screenplay, and wow. he also did uh, Cinderella Man a few years later, which I, I think was actually a better movie than A Beautiful Mind. Um, which I think so because you have two really solid acting or acting two really <laughs> solid writing credits and he has coasted <laughs> specifically on his Oscar win for like the last 15 years. He has done a hack job after hack job. I mean, you can cool. tell this guy is just taking money. Okay. Because whether it's the Transformers movies, I mean, you can, there's a laundry list of movies that he is involved with, which if you look at the, at the critics consensus, the, the Rotten Tomato score, I mean, Metacritic score, whatever you want to look at to determine the general quality of a movie, he is involved either the significant writing credit or just even just a general polish job of a movie script. He is involved with a lot of really, really terrible movies in the last 15 years. Uh, and he's just, he adds Transformers in the Dark Tower to his uh to his increasingly just garbage resume that he has um talk about an albatross <laughs> around the your dark neck night. oh my god uh to have both the transformers movie the dark knight uh, uh the, no, the last night and um uh, and this movie <laughs> tell us how uh, you really for feel 2017 oh <laughs> garbage he is terrible yeah they are uh, terrible i mean look yeah, I mean, look, right. there are some good lines in this movie, and I think, yeah, <laughs> it could be, it could have been worse script-wise, but I think it's only because there was someone else actually writing this as well. So I, I choose to believe that other person wrote all the good stuff, and Goldsman probably actually made it worse in his. Uh, That's all right. I, I get it. Like script when you see you that this it, guy's so. part of like all these terrible movies, sorry, I'd go to right there. Stays employed. <laughs> no, I totally agree. It, it, it's because people, because he he won an Oscar that carries cachet in Hollywood. And so people just, they hire him because they're like Oscar winning screenwriter. That's, that sounds awesome to put, you know, on our, on our movie. On your trailer. And it, it sounds great. And the problem is, is what you get is somebody who is, he's, he, he's like phoning it in. Like when you see an actor on screen and you know, like they're not even present on screen as an actor, like they're just phoning it in completely. They're making like a mockery of acting. Like Heva wow. Goldsman is making a mockery Jeez. of writing in the last X amount Brutal. of years. So there you go. Um, so here's a question. Yeah, Do you guys think this puts the Dark Tower TV series in doubt? Hopefully there's some people that seek redemption and they do, do the Dark Tower. Well, I, you know, I mean, it, 
Go ahead. Yeah, if Brian Fuller wasn't already, like, we need him to do the net fourth season of Hannibal, I'd be like, Brian Fuller, go do your thing. Because he'd be able to do it no problem, master every single in and out little Easter egg. And yeah, I think they're going to have to go on a little bit of a hiatus, though. I wouldn't put I out a TV show of it in him, about two, three else, years. Like, you got to prove Just it. So it <laughs> or else we don't trust you. Oh, my God, no. If they do a sequel to this movie, Stephen King's going to have to foot the bill. Do you think they're going to make a sequel? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure it's going to make its money uh, it back. Its Opening money weekend, back. it made a third of its money back already. In the, the U.S. Point of a sequel. I don't. And, I mean... That doesn't have to be where the man in black dies, because he is a man of 20 different characters uh, all in one. I doubt that Bullet would ever kill him. Like, that was just kind of sad way to die. I highly doubt it is true. And, I mean, like, the whole movie, you say you see all hail the Crimson King. You don't even see the Crimson King. <laughs> I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, I see that. I was looking in the trailers, and I'm like... Oh man, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, we're I actually think... gonna see the Crimson King. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> like we're just gonna not let that happen. I didn't even think about it. And I'm pretty sure people honest, who watch this think too, that the Man in Black's the Crimson uh, King. Like, did you think that was, when you watched uh, it? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Did. Do, do you want to know some details from what I've read on the potential Ooh. series? So they've they've yeah. they've tapped Glenn Nazara, who was the showrunner for The Walking Dead. Okay. No. All right. No. So don't you fucking touch this. All right. So there's that. You killed The Walking Dead. Um. Uh, so apparently they're aiming for ten to thirteen episodes per season. Um, <laughs> and they're in search. They're searching for a cable network or a streaming service to call home um they plan to begin production in 2018 but it's still early in development and um i guess they're also oh they're they're it's going to focus on roland's younger days and so they're going to have to find another actor to cast as as roland and they're going to do the wizarding glass yep and indris alba yep and indris alba is going to appear in the show as in a limited capacity so, will McConaughey still be the Man in Black? Uh, well, I don't know. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Hmm that that would be a hard series to take because The Wizard in Glass is a very dark, very upsetting book. That would be hard to do. I mean, it's full of very right. disturbing things. Uh, I could see Netflix taking it on, but I don't see it doing well. Yep. Yep. Especially when you don't have an established gunslinger book or gunslinger TV show ahead of it where you get to know the gunslinger and the current story he's on and why the Wizard in Glass uh, is a good reflection of who he is today. Like, it doesn't make sense to just start from there. Yeah, it it's 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 sad. It really is. I mean, altogether, 
I mean, we're I know we're kind of delving into a into a, the, the discussing a TV show which may or may not happen, but you know, ultimately, what this comes down to is, um, you know, this this movie reeks of potential unfulfilled. Mm. Um, and we talked about this, like you said, Raker. We we talked about this when we were reviewing Valerian. And Sarah, you were higher on Valerian because you said you could see all the creativity and you, you were impressed by what they were doing um, in that movie. Yep. And and I kind of feel like that way about this. Now, I, I agree to a certain extent about Valerian. I think it was even less um, achieved in this movie than it was in Valerian. Um, oh, yeah. Having not read the source material with Valerian, I can't really say how well they did or didn't adapt but I can say with the Dark Tower, there's so much potential bursting at the seams in this movie. As in, like, as in, what? Well, let, let me rephrase that. There's so much potential bursting at the seams in a Dark Tower adaptation if it was done correctly. Okay? That had it been done right, it could be an amazing movie. Had they adapted the Gunslinger itself, it would have been a great jumping off point, which could have been picked up by the TV series. And then they could have gone right into uh, a movie adaptation of one of the books that could fed, could have fed right into, you know, another, you know, another season or two of the show. And it could have been, it could be like a fantastic new model for how to do a long-term adaptation of a series where it's not just about the show, you know, like doing all the work you could have had a show into movie into show into movie into show kind of model of how to to do that on on a like a kind of a big budget slash smaller budget for the tv series kind of model and i think that could have been a really great way to kind of move forward for any studio willing to tackle a creative uh complex uh universe that an author's come up with and is very beloved. And I just think they approached it in, in a way which was going to screw over fans from the start. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem. And uh, even putting that aside, this is just a, a breezy, forgettable piece of cinema, cinema, which will be uh, on one of those, uh, trivia cards in a decade you know and I'm, yeah. like you'll pick up a trivia card i'll say you know what was the 2017 movie featuring idris elba and matthew mcconaughey as a gunslinger and be like oh the dark tower i think oh wait am i right i can't remember you know it's just it's it's sad so huh. yeah really it is um if if they do make a sequel what do you think will be in it? Do you, like, I mean, they skipped over a lot of things. Like, they just portaled past the wastelands into the hub of where the Ben and Black was. Mm-hmm. But in, of course, the book, The Wastelands, we meet Blaine the monotrain, and that's a big thing. Do you think we would get to see Blaine or Eddie or Susanna, who are through the entire book and main characters that we did not get to see here? We didn't even get to see Oi. <laughs> and that is Jake's pet from Midworld, who's a Billy Bumbler. And it would have been, like, so much happier if, after his mom died, if he met Oi. <laughs> 
<laughs> it would just been like a little lighter note for a PG movie, but well, I I don't know. I I I even hesitate to even guess what the sequel would be because I don't, I don't even know if I want to see it. I I I I don't even think it's gonna happen. Um, I'm really hesitant on believing that the series will even happen. But in terms of the sequel, I I don't know. I where are they gonna go if they do the next movie? Your guess is as good as mine. If they're doing the Wizard and Glass for the show, means the the next sequel movie. If they do have the show feed into the into the um, the show feed into the next sequel movie, um, I don't know. I mean, after the Wizard and Glass adaptation, if they do that via the show, what do you think? Go, would they think they would go right into the Gunslinger? <laughs> Would they? Would they? Because they, they, would they go from Roland in the, his younger days into the Gunslinger? Since it would, they I, have to touch in the Gunslinger because how it affects later on right. with Roland's half breed Mordred spider son and all that good stuff. Yeah, they have to start with the Gunslinger just to be able to have stuff later on happen actually happen. I don't know. It. 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 it I don't know. I can't. I, I don't even want to get. I don't get into too much into it. Anyway, because this is mostly just a review for the movie. So let's kind of go back to what we're talking about. So let's um, you know what? Let's get into our wrap up here. Um, because we can go on and on about the things we we hated, uh, or maybe even like. And there are some, you know, there are some good things about this. I did like a few good things. There are some good lines, some funny things that I saw in this movie that I liked. You know the reloading with Roland's gun on on the screen was was cool. Uh, I thought the performances by the the characters, the actors were as good as they can be, all things considered. I think that it, it, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey put forth as much effort as they could uh, with a production that I think they probably knew deep down was troubled, with a director who was unsure of what he was really doing with producers that were unsure what they wanted to put in the movie or not put in the movie. And so I think we got in a lot of ways about as good of an adaptation considering how terrible everything was I from what I've heard behind the scenes and how this was kind of like a doomed from the start project. Um, I, and I say that by <laughs> while fully embracing the fact that this is a terrible 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 Michael movie. give it an A whether you <laughs> whether you're a book reader or a non-book reader it's a terrible terrible movie but the fact is without Elba and McConaughey and the kid putting forth as good of performances as they did it could actually be worse which is a frightening thought um so let's let's get into it here um Sarah, give me your. I'm sure he's talking about it, but he needs to uh, shut his mouth. I was online, and the director is already talking about a sequel. Yeah. So. (sighs) (laughs) And how the man in black may not be actually dead. So. Well, whatever. There you guys go. Whatever. Um, Whatever. Mr. We may have to revisit this some years. Mr. Now. Mr. Rossell, who says he read the book series, <laughs> but I, I'm starting to question whether he ever read a Stephen King book. Uh, all right, so uh, Sarah, let's let's get into final thoughts here on your grade. So go ahead. Oh boy. Um, well, as a whole movie, it blows big baby chunks most of the time. 
But uh, I will say there's lots of nods and interesting scenes and things said uh, that draw directly from the book and have great uh, meaning from the book. And I do love that they included the line, uh, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. That's the first line in The Gunslinger and one of the best lines. And I'm really glad that they included that. Uh, so there's some homage and honor done, but as a whole, it may as well be the toilet the rats pray to. <laughs> uh, and I... I loved Matthew McConaughey as the Man in Black. I liked their version. I really wasn't going to be looking forward to seeing Randall Flagg just being the old man in a robe that he is in the book. Like, much better to have McConaughey with a sexy open shirt and be really evil. Totally fine by me. (laughs) Uh, Idris Elba, like, great actor. I liked him better as Roland than I thought I would. I was really surprised... But it's just, it's the writing and the way it was done that was so poor. The acting was fine. Like, they had good actors, good people behind it, but the writing and the directing fell really, really short. So, yeah. yeah that's I think this is the first time you've had to give a grade uh, first in, grade. in a while. <laughs> yeah, good job, <laughs> Michael. Put her on the spot. grade I have ever had to give. No, it's not. I think so. This is the hardest. <laughs> this is the hardest movie to create. I know it's not for you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fuck. I'm <coughs> oh, excuse you me. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, right. Final thoughts uh, on Dark Tower. Riker, just, why don't so you go next? Even What's as your final thoughts on the, the Dark Tower and your grade? Yeah, I'm familiar with Stephen King, you know, um, through all his other movies. Like, I loved all his other movies. Um, and I say his. I, I, obviously, I say that loosely because, you know, usually it's a different director and, you know, the, the, the writers and directors always embellish and change things. But <laughs> nevertheless, um, it just it just had so much it had a lot of potential and I, I and I don't mean to sound like the Valerian review um, I did see I did see the Dark Tower I promise um, but yeah it's just ah, just so many just corny things you know what I mean like I left the movie so disappointed <laughs> um, it was too short there was very little character development everything cool that I saw in the movie I pretty much yeah. saw in the trailers hence why I was there and even though I didn't read the book, I, I do kind of feel bad for you that read the book because I've always heard such great things yeah. about it. And I've been hearing things for years about how they want to do this Dark Tower movie. You know what I mean? Like, I've all, there's always been rumblings of doing a Dark Tower movie. So finally, when, when, it, you, know, when you see the trailer and you hear that they're going to make the movie, you're like, wow, this, this should be, you know, the greatest spectacle of Stephen King writing on screen. And it was completely the opposite, uh, which was very disheartening. Um, so, you know, I, I concur with you guys on so many other things. You know, the acting was as good as it could be. The writing was poor. The directing was pretty poor. Um, you know, uh, it's hard to really bring up anything new. So and it was just a poor movie. It was just a very poor movie. I left it very unsatisfied. So a grade... Uh, I'm not going to give it an F, even though I, part of me wants to, um, just because the things that save it, of course, is the actors. Cause I, you know, McConaughey and Idris Elba are very good actors. 
Um, and then of course the, you know, the gun slinging, uh, was pretty cool too. That, that was just enough to pull it out of the F zone in my opinion. Um, I'm going to give it a D straight up D. <laughs> I think that's pretty fair. Okay. Uh, one thing I want to mention that I forgot about, I forgot uh, about this yeah. is that when Roland's in that world and doesn't know what, you know, soda is or what prostitutes are uh, or anything like that, see? but he knows to pick wow, up I a didn't propane think of that, but is, and that's shoot the it truth. so it'll explode. Yeah. That he knows. <laughs> like, uh, that bothered me. Yeah. Nice continuity there. And, and... Or lack of continuity, I guess, is the good. better. Yeah, uh, good call. Like, <laughs> okay. Really? Good call. Apparently, uh, yeah. I, I thought about that. I just wanted to throw it in there. That bugged me and needed to be said. <laughs> gotcha. Um, all right. So, so for me, um, you know, I, McConaughey does as good as he can do in this movie, but in a lot of ways, he kind of came yeah. off as a. Yeah. Uh, if yeah, you watch the it, the Netflix uh, Netflix's Jessica Jones TV show, series, did you? Did either of you see it? No. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, basically, um, the Man yeah. in Black is presented yeah. in this movie is That's more true. or less a Kilgrave wannabe. Um, die now. Do this. Do that. <laughs> and they just do it. Um, yeah. So. There are a lot of problems with this movie, and uh, structurally there are problems. There are problems in terms of world building here. Uh, Mid-world, we see for like 15 minutes in this movie. Uh, You also call your movie The Dark Tower, which we saw like four times in the entire movie. Brief glimpses of The Dark Tower. Getting hit twice, once in the beginning, once in the end. I think that was pretty much it. So when you call your movie The Dark Tower, you might want to show it more than once or twice or three or four times. And and you don't even show the bottom of it, which yeah. is the most beautiful part because it's in a field of roses. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> that bugs me. Like, show the bottom of it. That's way cooler. <laughs> Correct. And, and, you know, so... yeah. What saved this movie, like you said, Rake, is the performances mostly. And the gunslinging itself was, was pretty cool and well done. Um, but just not enough details to make people understand what's going on. Giving reasons for things that are happening. Giving motivation to characters beyond just I'm a bad guy or I'm a good guy. Um, everything is painted in such very broad strokes that you don't feel like you've learned anything about anybody as you walk out of this movie. You know, there's a gunslinger. He has an enmity with a man in black. They got to save the dark tower. Boy gets involved. Is that it? I think so. And that's it. I mean, (laughs) beyond the broad strokes that I just explained, I don't know anybody that comes out of this and goes, yeah, I learned a lot about these characters. I'm really, really, really involved. I'm, I so care about what happens to them. <clears throat> I hate to say it, as much as I love the actor that played Jake, in terms of just this movie, if Jake would have got killed in this movie, I probably wouldn't have cared. Probably not. And that's just because in this movie, at least, I didn't care that much about whether yeah. he died because I don't know enough about anybody. And that even includes Jake. And he was the central character, really. I mean, Roland wasn't even much... 
he wasn't even the focus of this movie. It was all about Jake because the audience, of course, needs a surrogate here. Yeah. And so they need to make Jake the most important character when the reality is it's actually Roland who's the most important character in a lot of ways. <clears throat> because the effect of what's going on around him, things that have happened in his past and what he's trying to do have taken such a toll on him. And I, 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 I love that in the books. The problem is um, it's got to be all about Jake here for the most part. Uh, I thought they could have done so much better in so many, so many ways, but um, I would just be you know, basically rehashing what I've already said. So let's get to the grade. Uh, I will give this a man. It's tough. Um, yeah. I, I, I gotta give it a D. The only movie this summer that got an F was Transformers, and luckily it just gets pulled out. Yeah. Yeah. D for Dark Tower. D for Dark Tower. It it gets uh, pulled up. Brutal. Yeah. Oh, that was an app. <laughs> yeah. I was very happy. Yeah. I didn't have to go watch it. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, bad. And, and yeah, so it gets, this movie gets pulled out by the performances. That's it. That's all. That's all I'll give it. So, all right, everyone. That looks like that's it for. You know, our I episode. don't know exactly. Um, I'll be honest. Next week, we'll be back with another movie. Uh, uh, Rake, do yeah, you I'll know exactly what you want to pick for next week? Okay. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. Um, Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, anyway, we'll see you guys next time. Have a good see one. Ya. And we'll talk to you once again next week for another episode of the Freaking Geeks podcast. Later. Later, geeks.